Yer. What up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 157 of the show. And in this episode, I speak about the historic Launch America, which is the first time in history that astronauts were launched to the International Space Station in a commercial vessel. Super dope, mind-blowing shit. I also speak about the show Dave and the movie Molly's Game. Stick around with me to listen to my sometimes insightful, sometimes thought-provoking, and I'm sure at times boring, meandering thoughts on those topics. But before we jump in, here is a quick way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is, but it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You'll get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures? You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found to a rap battle to a TED Talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free, and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you will get the very next one. Alrighty, so Launch America, which I guess is the branding put around this historic event was the first time since 2011 that Americans were launched into space from American soil. Those two Americans were or are Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley. And this occurred on May 30th, 2020. The other reason why this was such a historic launch is that it was the first time ever in history that human beings astronauts are being launched on a private commercial spaceship. Well, commercial is probably not the right term to use, but a private spaceship built and engineered by the folks over at SpaceX in collaboration with NASA. And I personally love things that have to do with space and this level of technological innovation. So this type of thing is really intriguing to me. So circling back to Bob and Doug, they were shot off to the International Space Station. So what is the International Space Station? The International Space Station is this big satellite-looking thing 
that is known as a modular space station, which floats around in low Earth orbit approximately 250 miles off of the Earth's surface. So it's somewhere between the Earth and the moon, specifically 250 miles away from the Earth in low Earth orbit. And just for context, the actual moon is about 238,000 miles away from the Earth. So the space station is 250 miles away. The moon is 238,000 miles away. It's a habitable satellite, meaning that people do live in it and have since the year 2000. And it was built in collaboration with several countries and space programs across the world. So you have the United States, Russia, Japan, Europe, and Canada. Which countries specifically in Europe, I'm not sure. But Europe as a whole has the one space program known as ESA. So like the United States, for example, has NASA, Europe has ESA. So the first components of the International Space Station, also known as ISS, were launched in 1998. Over two years, you know, different parts were sent to it to continue building it. And then the first astronauts were sent to it on November 2nd, or arrived uh, to it on November 2nd of the year 2000. And since then, human beings have been on board the International Space Station every single day ever since. So that's like 19 plus years and counting. It'll be 20 years this November. Now, the significance of the International Space Station, amongst other things, is that certain research and development and and scientific research that cannot be done here on Earth is done on the International Space Station in the fields of astrobiology, astronomy, physics, meteorology, etc. Now, aside from, from that, scientists also study what actually happens to people that live in space. What happens to our bodies, our tissues, our muscles, our bone density. And not just physically, but the emotional and, and mental tolls that it takes on the astronauts that go into space. Scientists also study and learn how to keep a spacecraft working for a very long period of time. The International Space Station is expected to continue operation until the year 2030. And these are lessons that are going to become more and more important as time goes on. And deep space exploration expands to places beyond the International Space Station, like going to the moon again and to Mars, etc. Which NASA, for example, has plans for. But before we get into that, I just want to circle back to exactly how the aesthetics of this space station. How big is it? And on NASA's website, it's described as, quote, The space station is as big inside as a house with five bedrooms. It has two bathrooms, a gymnasium, and a big bay window. Six people are able to live there at any one given point in time. And it weighs almost a million pounds. It is big enough to cover a football field, including the end zones. And it has science labs from the United States, Russia, Japan, and Europe. So it sounds like Canada is slipping a little bit there with the space lab category. All right, so circling back to SpaceX. SpaceX is an aerospace manufacturer of rocket ships. It was founded in 2002 by Elon Musk with the goal of reducing space transportation costs, 
to enable the colonization of Mars, the planet Mars. Now, reducing the cost of space transportation is key. That's really important because, for example, one of the biggest reasons why we haven't been back to the moon since 1969 is cost. Now, the cost is relative to what the actual budget is for NASA, for example, here in the United States. So in relation to an entire yearly budget of United States spending, the NASA budget is less than half of 1%. I believe it's currently 0.48% of the entire budget, which is about $22 billion. The cost that it took us to get to the moon in today's dollars is roughly about $153 billion. So that's almost seven times the amount. And now that may not seem like a lot when looked at in comparison to the entire United States spending budget of trillions of dollars. But relative to the budget of NASA itself, in and of itself, it's like it requires seven times the amount of money of a yearly budget in order to make that feasible. So clearly attacking the cost issue or that cost constraint, if you will, is the approach that a visionary would take. Enter Elon Musk, who has done so successfully. He created a rocket ship that shoots off into space, into low Earth orbit, you know, disconnects, pardon the extremely high-tech, I'm sure, very scientifically accurate terminology that I'm using. (laughs) Um, The, you know, the rocket ship shoots up into low Earth orbit, disconnects from itself. Like, the piece of it, you know, shoots off and continues. And then the other piece where, like, the the thrust and the rockets and like the bottom piece where that would historically just continue off into space and just become like space junk and like float away. He created one that literally comes back through low earth orbit back into the earth's atmosphere. And that piece literally goes back to the launching pad exactly where it launched off from. So that that very extremely expensive piece of rocket ship can then be reused for future launches. So this undoubtedly reduces the cost of missions to space. It is the first step in this type of reusable rocket ship technology that is so extremely revolutionary. A bit on Elon Musk for folks that may not know who he is or what he's done. He's... In a nutshell, a super genius. He was the creator and CEO of PayPal, which I'm sure most folks are familiar with. It's the method of securely transferring money online using just someone's email address. You know, nowadays we have, you know, a bunch of other versions of like Venmo or Zeal or QuickPay. PayPal was the OG of all that shit. PayPal paved the road for that. So, like, he revolutionized space travel. He revolutionized the way financial interactions are done online on the internet. One of the most popular endeavors that he's known for is Tesla, the automobile and auto manufacturing company. He is the CEO and and product architect of it, through which he absolutely revolutionized the electric vehicle industry. Another venture of his, probably less known, than most of the others is Solar City, which he co-founded and has since been acquired by Tesla itself. He was a creator of 
solar panels and battery backup services. In 2015, for example, Solar City is responsible for installing 870 megawatts of solar power, which was approximately at the time 28% of all solar installation in the entire United States. Even lesser known than that venture, but in my opinion, just as impressive is the Boring Company, which he's the founder of as well. It's a company that's looking to create high-speed underground railways available to the public via an invention of his called Hyperloop, which is an ultra-high-speed underground public transportation system in which passengers are transported on autonomous electric pods traveling 600-plus miles per hour in a pressurized cabin. So you're going to get into this little pod (laughs) underground and be shot 600 miles per hour to your destination. And he actually has approvals for like this specifically, like the, the boring company, I believe they, the Los Angeles, the California state uh, government approved and gave like permits for him to start digging, which I believe the boring company has to create the first tunnel between Los Angeles and San Francisco, which if successful will be the, the fastest mode of transportation between those two destination points fucking sick shit this is all the same guy by the way and then one of his other ventures probably i don't want to say most impressive because then i think of the others and they're they're like just as impressive but and it's almost like if any any one person if any person had any one of these ideas and told it to you before they came into fruition it would sound like something out of a science fiction novel and it would sound like bullshit like somebody told you Oh, I'm going to create this company that's going to shoot rockets into space. And my goal is through innovation. You know, the prices are uh, are going to come down and then we're going to be able to go to places like the moon and Mars again and stuff like that. It's going to be like, all right, buddy, relax. Like the government handles rocket ships and space exploration. Oh, and by the way, you know, my rocket ship is going to go into space and then come back automatically and land in the same exact spot that it lifted off from. And that's going to make it so much cheaper because we're going to be able to reuse the same thing. It's like, all right, relax, buddy. Like, what the fuck are you smoking? Or somebody comes with you to you with the idea of implementing this hyperloop idea where they say, oh, you know, I'm going to uh, dig tunnels under the ground between cities and create a mechanism by which people are going to be able to get into pressurized cabins and travel at 600 plus miles per hour underground. So be like, all right, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm sure that's going to happen. Then fast forward and government agencies in California have already given approvals for this or if somebody came to you pre-tesla and said hey you know what i'm gonna make electric cars actually feasible and cool and people are gonna want them and i'm gonna make that the the technology open source so all other car companies can can borrow from it and implement that technology into their own vehicles and it was really, yeah yeah okay sure keep dreaming fast forward tesla is one of the most profitable car companies ever completely revolutionized the space and other companies are falling in line and investing that much more in the electric vehicle space and borrowing from their technology. And I say all that before I introduce this uh, next venture of, of Elon's because it sounds like the craziest to me of all. But then given that track record, I'm like, got to give the guy benefit of the doubt <laughs> at this point, right? So this other venture is called Neuralink. And... The company, as I've heard Elon describe it, will essentially be 
drilling a small hole into the head of a human being, implanting a very small chip, for lack of a better word, into your brain through hair-like tendrils. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm trying to describe it the way I'm visualizing it and the way I'm trying to like paraphrase his description of it. Then seal your head back up and you have these like hair-like tendrils sticking out of your head, just like your hair. You know, very thin, tiny strands that can be connected to external devices via Bluetooth or I guess directly that will create an interface with your brain. So the goal of the company, the aim of the company is to create these devices that are at first and in the short term, and he described this is his, this is how you make it feasible to the marketplace, if you will, or create a marketplace is via the healthcare system, the healthcare industry. The aim is to have these devices treat serious brain diseases in the short term. So things like attempting to reverse Alzheimer's and dementia and brain atrophy due to things like strokes and aneurysms and reversing blindness and trying to get people that can't walk anymore to be able to walk again or to move certain limbs again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which in and of itself, if that's even possible, it's fucking godlike amazing to me. But this is all the short-term goal. The long-term goal of Neuralink is the eventual goal of human enhancement. Meaning, matrix-type shit. So you want to learn kung fu or some shit? Upload that shit into your brain. (laughs) Now, I'm being slightly facetious, but he did say some like cyborg sounding shit like not needing quote-unquote to speak to people verbally anymore after the advent of this because you just communicate like through this shit like through your thoughts i guess like read each other's thoughts he made it sound a little less creepy when he compared it to for example like googling something right now like you grab your phone like everybody always has like a device on them like their phone for example and or their laptop or an ipad and you know you you look shit up that you want to know questions that you have now you have the same exact ability except the instead of the device being in your pocket and you know in your hand it's implanted in your brain and you just look it up that way like through thought it's a fucking insane shit and he's such a visionary he's such a super genius with an extremely accomplished track record that i don't put it past him pulling something like this off elon's an absolute fucking visionary he's a not not even a national treasure. I would say he's a fucking world treasure. And I hope that his level of genius doesn't fucking make him go crazy sooner than later or some shit like that so that he can continue doing what he does. What's crazy to me, too, about just, th- just thinking of it logically, with given that track record that, that Elon has, what I can't wrap my head around is the, like, the naysayers and, like, haters and shit like that that, that pounce on situations for example like when tesla stock uh dipped when when elon was on rogan's podcast and he smoked some weed and market speculation the markets went like nuts and and then by the way after all that bullshit the stock rebound and went higher than it's ever been but i'm speaking more to like the speculation of oh my god is elon off the rails is 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 you know is elon must done is it over is tesla gonna crash it's like First off, Elon has literally said, he's quoted in saying in interviews, you can look it up right now, 
that Tesla stock is overpriced, that no financial metric that anyone can point to can corroborate the inflated price of Tesla stock. Him, the CEO of the company, is literally saying, my stock is overpriced. People are overpaying for this stock, but I'll take it. You know what I mean? But this motherfucker is literally focusing on making the human race an interplanetary species. Literally wants human beings to be able to live on other planets other than Earth. That is his vision. That is his goal. While also apparently turning us into cyborgs in, in the process. And I say that to say, let the man create. Let him innovate. Let him continue to change the world as we know it. And to work towards that. Miss him with all that other bullshit. The innovation from SpaceX that created a rocket ship traveling 17,000 miles per hour that took Bob and Doug to the International Space Station in 19 hours has literally transformed space exploration as we know it. NASA is literally handing over space station travel and low orbit related travel to this private company, SpaceX, so that it can divert its funds and its focus toward deep space exploration, toward going to the moon, toward going to Mars, which will require more funding and a silver lining to the Trumpito presidency, which I'm sure is just tied to his ego and the fact that he wants his name attached to big shit, huge shit, is the fact that he said he wants to go, he wants the U.S. to go back to the moon in four years, within four years. And that is all in large part thanks to the innovation of SpaceX. That's my take on Launch America, which I hope you guys got the chance to see and watch. But if you didn't, I will link to the episode notes to a few replays of the actual launch and related videos. Next up is the show Dave, D-A-V-E, which I was put onto by my brother Dave. Shout out to David. The show was written by and co-created by Dave Bird, which is Little Dicky, the rapper that the show is about. Little Dicky is the protagonist, if you will. And it was uh, co-written by and created by Alex Russell and Jeff Schaefer. It's a really dope show. I liken it to the white version of Atlanta, which, by the way, when is that coming back? I got to look that up. But it's super well done, well written, funny, creative. Andrew Santino's in it, the comic. Uh, he plays uh, Little Dicky's uh, best friend and, and manager. Shout out to the Whiskey Ginger podcast. He's great in it. And the show depicts the life of rapper Little Dicky, who is a white Jewish rapper, as he's on the come up. And I personally didn't know who Little Dicky was before this show. So this is definitely a dope way to be introduced to him. At least it was for me. And, you know, then I looked into some of his music and music videos, which were interesting, and, and his music in general. And he portrays himself on the show as, like, this comedic, kind of satirical-type rapper. Like, one of his most popular songs is My Dick Sucks, which is very self-deprecating. And he does shit like, oh, there's a, there's a dope video of his that I like called uh, Save That Money. And he... Like, does this, like, mini documentary for the actual video. So you can see, like, the behind the scenes of it. And, you know, it's like a, a typical flashy hip-hop rap video where, you know, you got hot girls and 
dope cars and money and yachts and and stuff like that all throughout the video we wanted to create this video without spending a dime like for example there's a a scene in the video in a mansion and he literally goes door knocking to several different mansions and asking people if he can you know borrow their mansion for like 15 minutes so him and his buddies could record this video and this little old lady actually lets them in and, and to do it so that's pretty sick that's a segment of the video then he links up with t-pain that's shooting his own music video for a song of his and he thinks like the whole idea is like super funny of what little dickie is doing and he allows little dickie just to have his camera on the side and then little dickie just like pretend kind of like pretending that it's his video like with the backdrop of like t-pain's video and all the shit that t-pain has going on and you see little dickie just like dancing and shit and like that's a scene in it etc uh, I'll link to that in the episode notes. Actually, you guys should check it out. Both the the music video and the like mini documentary of it. And not for nothing, his like I'm not you know like crazy about the like his content too much, but his rap style is pretty dope. Like he knows how to write a beat really well, like really ill. He like stays in pocket, and his rap actually paints a picture. Like the shit that he raps about, I can picture, which is not the case with all rappers, right? So definitely enjoyable listens and like the humor and logic of some of the shit that he is saying, I do find refreshing. It was also dope that the, in the season finale, he made it to the breakfast club, which as the season was, was being written and created, wasn't the case like that. For example, the season finale wasn't, I believe, or at least that piece of it wasn't written into the show while the season started like while the show was airing like that wasn't written into it yet and Charlemagne actually spoke to that on on his podcast on uh, brilliant idiots and i like how his character in the show has like no filter at all he he's like super honest about the thoughts that are on his mind but a little like too honest and open at times and the same goes to the people in his like immediate orbit like his girl and his best friend and his producer and his hype man and it's dope how the show explores the like the well-known dichotomy between artistic expression versus industry and you know he's like this creative that wants to stay being creative and he's like fuck the industry and trying to put me into a box and trying to shape my creative output in any way whatsoever and then his manager is trying to like balance that to make it so that he actually makes money and what's cool is that he's like a little like gun shy about like he's like he falls into the paralysis by analysis bucket with his creativity like it'll take him like months and just like forever to like create one song when asked to rap and stuff like that he he like doesn't want to and he's like a little gun shy but when he's like put up to the test test like backed up into a corner just like in the most uncomfortable spot ever like in an episode that yg is in and he's in studio with them and trying to get a a verse from YG to to put onto one of his tracks, and people are clowning him like, "Well, you're a rapper, you're a rapper, or whatever." Then he just starts freestyling and spitting, and just impresses the shit out of everybody in the room. Like that was a dope scene. Like the spoiler alert, by the way. Like in the season finale as well, while he's on the Breakfast Club, and there's this moment where his entire team, including label, are expecting him to just like double down on his cre- creativity and follow this vision that that he had with breaking a song on 
the breakfast club that was extremely controversial and nobody was on the same page with him about releasing and he's like fuck that i'm gonna do it then he has this like change of heart epiphany almost like while he's in the middle of the interview on the breakfast club and doesn't go the route of breaking that song that his label and everybody on his team thought would just end all the momentum that they've built up to that point and be like career suicide kind of he decided to actually take their advice and not do that and instead decided to freestyle and wound up doing a dope freestyle on air on the breakfast club so he was in that tight corner and got himself out of it using his creativity once again the show also explores like communication amongst your friends amongst your relationship with a significant other it touches on mental illness issues like his hype man which is bipolar in the show shout out to gator but yeah it's a really good show i definitely recommend it the season finale itself is dope like you can watch that in and of itself and it's just like a a dope piece of episodic television it starts off with a little 12 minute song that's like a fucking mini film and it just starts like the show starts off and it goes into it and you're like for 12 minutes like what the fuck <laughs> which by the way the ad libs within that video within that 12 minute long music video are fucking hilarious which again is a testament to the creators and writers of the show and how they're able to infuse funny into it anyways check it out the show is called dave i believe the network that it's on is a and e or if not it's a m e or if not it's fx or fxx i can never remember from those four but you can watch it on hulu if you have hulu or just google dave d-a-v-e i'm sure you'll find it either way check it out and last but not least the movie molly's game shout out to my boy pablo who put me onto it and suggested i watch i did and i thoroughly enjoyed it i saw it on netflix i wasn't sure what it was about like you know like when you're like scrolling through netflix and you just see like new movie or whatever and based on the title i wasn't interested i didn't honestly look any deeper into it then my boy told me it was a good watch and being that he's a spun today alum i said why not let me give it a shot i put it on and find out that the screenplay is written by and the movie is directed by aaron sorkin and from that point on i was hooked aaron sorkin is one of my favorite writers one of my favorite dialogue writers of all time he's written movies like a few good men the social network which is the facebook movie a show called the network which i loved on hbo a show called the west wing the play to kill a mockingbird based on the book obviously but I absolutely love the way he writes, especially dialogue. And I'm actually taking his masterclass now and definitely getting a bunch of gems from it that I will share with you folks in one of the future free writing session episodes. But anyway, the movie's off the hook. The It's based on a true story, first of all, based on this woman that runs these underground poker games for celebrities and, quote, elite rich individuals kevin costner plays her father idris elber plays her attorney michael sarah's in it it's all based on the book written by molly bloom which is the protagonist and is played by jessica chastin so basically she is this super overachieving person that is an olympic skier 
she has the quintessential overbearing pushy dad that's her coach and you know she has a 3.9 gpa her lsat scores are above average for like harvard or yale law school and at the olympics she has this freak accident that they get into right in the beginning of the movie to like set the stage where she's doing everything almost absolutely perfectly and there happens to be a frozen twig poking up from the ground that she happens to land on by inches and has a devastating freak accident that she wasn't supposed to be able to recover from and she did and that in itself is a testament to how much of an overachiever she is and just someone that had her destiny within her own control and she was always able to do and pull off what she set her mind to so long story short she winds up after all of this moving to la with about seventeen hundred dollars to her name she gets a random office job as a secretary slash personal assistant aka doing errands for the owner of the company and also had a couple of bartending gigs on nights and weekends and she stumbles upon the opportunity to organize and be the hostess at this underground card game event that the boss at that office that she worked on that she worked at used to hold and there were a couple celebrities the buy-in for the games was uh, 10,000 in cash and this was her introduction into that world and being the you know uber smart overachiever that she is she pretty much wound up learning everything she had to learn about running these types of games and fast forward and she's running her own games in LA then some shit goes down where she winds up moving to New York and recreating herself running games in New York and she takes that pretty much $1,700 that she moved to LA with to having a penthouse in New York City and four plus million dollars in the bank at the time that she is eventually arrested. Now, nothing about her, the card games were illegal technically because she, the money that she was generating herself was technically tips or something like that. I forget what the, what the exact legal loophole for her receiving money was, but they explained it in the movie. So it's not until you take a rake quote-unquote rake which is like a percentage of the gambling pot like for the house that it becomes illegal and she wound up doing that towards the end which then event led to her eventual arrest and then the movie is chronicling her defending herself in court with you know idris elva obviously and the recapping of her like in, in entire experience like through this underground poker game world and she gets into how she wound up getting beat up once by the Italian mob and mobsters that pretty much wanted to have a stake in her game. She also had several Russian mob players that actually played in some of her games. And it was a wild story, again, based on a true story on her, Molly Bloom's actual life story. And I'll leave you guys with this before I wrap up the show, which is from the movie, but an actual fact. And that highlights just the the genius of Aaron Sorkin in his writing. And he works into, I forget the exact context of it. I think it's speaking to Molly's kind of obsession with 
perfection and control. But it's such a dope story and like factoid that it got my attention and I looked it up afterwards and wanted to share it with you guys here. They tell the story of how, or she tells the story of how there was a runner by the name of Mac Robinson, a track runner, that is known for winning the silver medal in the 1936 Olympics. And he actually broke the world record in those Olympics for the 200-meter dash. But that is the same Olympics that Jesse Owens then broke his record of breaking the record to capture and win the gold medal in the 1936 Olympics. And Jesse Owens obviously goes on to be this household name, public figure, renowned athlete. And Mac Robinson went on to eventually become and die as a school janitor. And the difference between when Mac Robinson broke the world record and when Jesse Owens broke it right after him was four tenths of a second. And I believe if I remember correctly, like the story's highlighting how that four tenths of a second made such a big difference in the lives of these two people where one became this up on a pedestal athlete that the world will always know and the other became the janitor in the school then what's also crazy which has nothing to do with that piece of the story but just interesting in and of itself is that mac robinson's younger brother is baseball hall of fame jackie robinson which is known for breaking the color barrier in major league baseball anyways i thought the movie was dope it's on netflix you guys should definitely check it out i recommend it and that's all i got for you folks the movie again is molly's game and i will link to it in the episode notes and with that i leave you fine folks with some tunes in the background vibe out with me a bit and then listen to some ways you can help support the spun today podcast if you so choose I hope everybody had a happy and healthy fourth. Continue to stay safe. We're not out of the woods yet in terms of coronavirus, although things seem to be settling down, at least here in New York, and treading in the right direction. Stay safe, y'all. Peace. Just to flex on them, we ain't really got it like y'all I'm a type of motherfucker that'll check the check Do the math, I ain't never getting robbed Those margaritas not going on my car I ain't about to split a damn thing for convenience sake I'm at the restaurant working that way All of you ain't heard a little day, young elder Jew biz major Fuck you know about the world he raised in I've been saving money since a motherfucker 13 I wear the same pair of jeans every day Sandwiches, homie, two stamps away Book flight December, but I leave in May Drugs are generic, but still work the same I get logins for Netflix for my cousin Greg Thanks, Greg I'm a rapper I'm shooting a music video Where the premise is How can I make the most epic rap video ever Without spending any money Because the song is called Save That Money Hey folks, Tony here And I hope you're enjoying the show As much as I enjoy putting it together for you If you'd like to support, I'd really appreciate it. And we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so. If you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that. 
there you'll find an Amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At sponsorday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Kofi pages. Patreon and Kofi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. If you want to donate a dollar per month, a dollar per episode, a hundred dollars per episode, whatever you like, you can check out either one of those two services there. There's actually also a Patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how Patreon actually works. Also at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of PayPal. You'll find a link to Apple Music, which works similar to the Amazon banner. You can click on it. It'll take you to Apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do. And again, it does not cost you anything extra, but I will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. And you'll also find links to the Spun Today viral style store. This is where you can get Spun Today related merch. And you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related things on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and, and uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words. You'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel Fractal. It's completely black and when it gets hot when you put it in coffee or tea it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel fractal it's pretty dope so definitely check all that stuff out which again you can find by going to sponsory.com forward slash support and of course do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at sponsor on twitter at sponsor on instagram subscribe to the sponsor youtube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today. Also, don't forget to check out all the free shit that I have on my website as well. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. And there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought. You can check out some of my photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography. Feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish. I set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos. And my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. And last but certainly not least, my pride and joy corner. 
spuntoday.com forward slash books. Here you will find my published books, which you find folks can find links to purchase them on Amazon, whether you want hard copies or digital uh, Kindle copies. That's the spot for you. Thank you very much for being a Spun Today listener. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.